1: so let God's love define you fully, and you will fully experience power, freedom, healing, purpose, and you'll be liberated out of your own head and get into the lives of others.
2: It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The critic belongs to the man who was actually in the arena, whose face is marked by dust and sweat and blood. Welcome to the Men in the Arena podcast, where we interview specialists in the realm of manhood. Each of our guests is an expert in their chosen field or cause as it relates to men. Our conviction is to call you into the arena of manhood, call you out of the faceless, nameless bleachers, and call you up to be the best version of you, because when a man gets it, everyone wins. Enjoy today's episode.
0: Men in the Arena Army, we salute you. Hey guys, thanks for listening to another episode of the Men in the Arena podcast. I'm Jim Ramos your host for today's show. Guys, I'm really excited about today's guest. This guy is kind of one of the most, one of the more renowned men's ministry leaders uh, in the country. He's written over two dozen books, travels around the world speaking to men. He's got some great, great things to say. You're going to really appreciate what he has to say about maybe one of the greatest problems that guys deal with personally. It's going to be a good episode, guys. You're going to love it. Before we get into that, want to talk about a man law. Our man laws are supplied by you, our heroes. Some of these are funny. Some of these are serious. And when we use yours, we will definitely send you some swag. And this week's man law comes from Billy Hagan. So Billy says, and I love this, don't you dare own a cat if you l- live alone. And I would add, unless it's a mountain lion. If you have a mountain lion, you can live alone with a kitty cat. But if it's just a little kitty cat, Man, no, not if you live alone, because then you can't blame it on your wife. So (laughs) just kidding, guys. Hey, guys, this week's hero story uh, comes from Brian. And so Brian B. lives in Arizona. And he wrote in, this is pretty cool, guys. He said, hey, I just joined uh, one of uh, your virtual teams. I'm a first responder on the Gila River Indian community. I've been in addiction recovery since December of 2019. I neglected my marriage and kids for so long. I've been saved by the redeeming power of Christ. I stumbled across Men the Arena podcast about a month ago. It has changed me even more and given me a drive for Christ I cannot even explain. I'm still very broken and needing support from Christian men. Just want to say thank you. So th- we love those stories because they speak to men in the ra- wrestle, in the battle. And so uh, thanks so much for that, man. Hey, uh, for Billy, you and Brian, you guys hit us up at info at org with your physical address so we can be reminded to send you some swag just our way to say thank you guys thanks so much again uh, for being a part of this show um, for making men in the arena podcast the number one christian podcast on spotify that is because of you guys and we just are so blessed to have you guys as part of our tribe you guys are going to be excited today to hear from my friend kenny luck kenny lives in southern california with his beautiful wife chrissy Of 33 years, Kenny's the founder and president of Everyman Ministries. He's been featured as a guest on the Fox News and is the driving force behind Everyman global live stream and podcast. Kenny's also a platinum award-winning author of 24 books covering marriage, family, and men's issues, including Kenny's latest book, Fail Safe, Living Secure in God's Acceptance, which is our subject for today kenny great to have you on the show man
1: dude thank you and congratulations on the success of men in the arena i'm so stoked we need more men like you jim who are out there in the arena well i appreciate it
0: and you know how it is man we're guys in our 50s trying to reach those guys in their 30s and 40s it's a whole paradigm (laughs) shift you know i'm like i just found (laughs) out we had a tiktok video went viral last week and i said we have tiktok didn't even know we had tiktok i love that (laughs) <laughs> you got people trying.
1: around you that are saving you the pain.
0: Oh brother, you know it man. Hey, I got to tell you. Uh, your book cover was one of my favorite all-time book covers. The sharks circling. I mean, yeah. what a, is that a picture of God protecting you in his love and acceptance? What's the imagery behind that cover?
1: Well, actually the sharks are represent, you know, the voices that could make you fearful. You know, the forces, the the threats. The perceived threats, um, the fears, the insecurities that can sabotage and uh, destroy your security and God's love. And so they're circling, they're there, and we have to stay cool, stay calm, and rest on our foundation, which is the love of God.
0: Man, that's so cool! You know the color that light, that light blue color with the cover design. Right? I mean, that's so easy to find in my library. I'm like so excited to have yeah. it in there. I read your book yeah. cover to cover. Super excited about diving into the depths Let's of go. that book. But hey, tell us, tell our listeners a little bit more about you. You've been a guest on our show before. I think yeah. it was back and it was a man card podcast. But give our, yeah. our uh, listeners a little a little view into your life, man.
1: Yeah, you just gotta um, know words that begin with M to know me. Mango is the first word. I'm a Pacific Islander. Meat. I love to eat things that were previously alive, right? Military. Um, I'm a patriot. My mom was liberated by third Marines on the island of Guam. Uh, cross-cultural uh, family. Men, right? I feel like you win the man, you win the family. When men are doing good, society, community, family, nation are, are doing good. And then movement. You know, I'm, I'm all about launching movements of spirit empowered men and communities and countries and churches. And so, you know, you mentioned my wife, Chrissy. She's my partner. And um, we've been married, you know, for 34 years. I have three wonderful kids. Um, you know, they're my rock and foundation. And then, of course, you know, my life verse is Psalm 40 verses one through three. Um, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me, heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit out of the mud and mire and set my feet on a rock. At 17, uh, I was in the slimy pit mm-hmm. and uh, Christ revealed himself to me. I've never been the same and my purpose changed radically. And now my feet are on solid ground and I want to tell everybody about Jesus.
0: Man, that's so cool. And God's really honored your ministry. You've got a phenomenal ministry. I, uh, Before the interview, I introduced you as one of the Predominant voices for men in our country, for sure. Thank you. So, really respect you and and all that you've done. And we had you on earlier and talked about Mm -hmm. your book, Dangerous Good. And this one was funny. So, I I I read sixty books last year, and I'm on the path, pride of forty five or fifty this year. So, I'm reading a lot for the podcast. So, I I get pretty critical of books really fast, and I judge them before I read Mm -hmm. them. You know, judging the book by the cover. (laughs) Although your cover (laughs) is one of my favorite all time, but it was really funny. When I first dove into the book, I thought, okay, a book about God's love for men. Let me, what, what? okay, what's going on here? And the more I read the book, and then once I finished the book and I put the book down and I came back and typed all the quotes out of the book, the book began to saturate in me and then permeate out of me something deep and something that honestly Mm -hmm. was in me for 52 years until in 2017, God freed me of this Mm -hmm. thing, which is actually the subject of your book. So I'm going to ask you this question, man. Why fail safe, living secure in God's acceptance? Why did you go with this book title? What was the need that you saw that men really needed to deal with? Yeah. Well,
1: the human soul and all of our listeners know this. The human soul is engineered by God to behave like a heat seeking missile. So, If you're in a combat fighter aircraft and you release that heat-seeking missile, it's going to find its target. It's released. There's energy, and that energy will not stop until it finds the engine or heat source that it's pointed at. And Mm -hmm. the human soul is like that, but the target is worth. It's worth and acceptance and approval and intimacy, and we don't have peace until we land on the target. And you can get worth – And acceptance and approval from two sources. You can get it from God or you can get it from culture. You can get it from Christ or you can get it from the world. And depending on which source you pick, there's two sets of consequences for that. One puts you into a place of permanent acceptance and worth if you're searching for it in God and you find it in God. But if you're looking for it in the world and you're you're unwittingly falling into performance, approval, image, hedonism, narcissism, materialism as identity, energy, and expression, Uh, you're going to become a fear-based person
0: Mm. because you can lose
1: it. It's not permanent. You have to perform uh, to win it. And when you look at a man, either his worth and and, and self-perception is emanating out of who he is by God, that he's made by God for God, and one day he's going to go to God, and he's secure in his relationship with God, or he's performing for worth out in the world, and he's on that 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 little that little uh, rat rat wheel,
0: mm-hmm, and mm-hmm.
1: Um, and it's elusive. It'll let him down. Uh, the sources of identity and worth in that pursuit uh, keep him immature, selfish, self-absorbed self-gratifying, self-preserving, self-protecting, and he doesn't grow up. And that's the problem that we see, Jim, and I know that you see this and our people in our audience see it, is that men who find their worth in the world outside of God's love, they, they don't mature. Their character doesn't grow. They become more selfish. Their relationships fall apart because they're insecure on the inside. They're not sure. If they are the man, they're not secure. They're not sure uh, if they're accepted and approved of, and so then they they can't get out of their own heads, and they're always thinking about themselves, and that never bodes well for relationships or family or even even work, you know. So uh, I saw it as a disease, as a plague, and just working it out in my own life, uh, just being okay with God's acceptance and how liberating. That is where I stopped having to perform and please men or please anybody and just focus on I'm, a, I'm accepted by God. That's the only opinion that really matters. I'm good with him, and I have peace and worth on the inside. And here's the kicker. When you find your, your worth in your maker and in his love and acceptance and you allow it to define you, you can serve others more freely. You're out of your own head. You're out of self and you're into other people. And that's what the world's waiting for. And so this is a, a book that liberates men uh, to get their worth in God and it shows them how to do it. And when they become secure in God's love, they can serve uh, the world and their families and their community in a way they never
0: have. And I would add, so there's a lot there, guys. I would add this. When you get Kenny's book, you need to read it slow. Mm-hmm. Don't Don't do what I did and get, read through it fast as a podcast. I had to go back and read it, read it slow, let it resonate. And the book really is progressive. It, it kind of takes you on a journey. And so you have to read it slow to really get to what is going on here. So Kenny, you said that you're working on it in your own life. And I say, amen to that. Me, me too, man. And then you said that guys are not sure when they're not sure certain things happen. So I love uh, your Mm. early on in the book you got real personal. I really always appreciate this when an author does this. And you said, "quote The feeling of being fully seen was followed by a feeling of being fully accepted without conditions. I didn't have to climb more mountains, impress more people, humiliate myself, or become anyone other than for me, anyone other than who Jesus." fully accepted me as. Now, this is really good because you took guys on a journey. So why is being fully seen yet fully accepted such a deep need for men? Why is that so important? Yeah,
1: yeah it's important because God in- created and engineered human beings to be fully known. Yeah. And and depending on uh, your, 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 your family formation, depending on the different uh experiences and exposures that you have in your life uh that forms a self perception yeah and you know and and then we we're destined to live out whatever that self perception uh is and for for most of us um you know the and i would say it's the exception where we are in our first community of acceptance our family and and in that family we are seen known appreciated loved for who we are most most guys um, they're chasing it, you know. They're chasing that that acceptance, and um, it's it's such a deep need in men uh, because God has 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 created us to receive it. The problem, like I said before, is that you can pick the wrong source uh, to secure it, and then once you do, you invest in that over and over and over and over again. Here's the problem. Usually the sources of acceptance that we pick, right, they run dry. Yes. There's an end to it. And, and then we're disillusioned because we've developed an identity around our sources of acceptance. Mm-hmm. So if my source of acceptance is the car I drive and the place I live, um, then, you know, that can be taken away. If my source of acceptance is my physical appearance, um, looking at the two of us, Jim – Uh, That can go away. Um, Well, you're way better
0: looking than me and have hair. Yeah,
1: Uh, but (laughs) I think everybody gets what we're talking about. Yes. Uh, Things that can be taken away that are temporary versus that which cannot be taken away, which is eternal, which is God's acceptance. And so a lot of guys end up disillusioned at their halftime or when their career Mm -hmm. wasn't Mm -hmm. what they thought it was going to be or their image falls apart because they – and what they really needed was the, the love of God that produces security inwardly, which then leads to a maturity in them that helps them to navigate relationships and life, not out of fear, but out of their character. And that's the connection between being securely loved, at peace inside, and your character. I don't have to do insecure things to prove to you who I, who I am. I can say no to myself and I can say yes to you, which usually is the mark of a man.
0: Yes, yes. Well, I, I appreciate there's so much here that you're saying. I'm, You know, you said most guys are usually chasing it. And that is a mm-hmm. powerful statement that's going to lead into another thought I have. what? What okay. are some other things guys do to chase it? Like what are some false narratives that guys live by that you've seen?
1: yeah it's usually rooted in the predominant uh, rip-off identities in the world right so <laughs> yeah. um, and they and, and these are all demonic and deceptive philosophies right of materialism that I am what I have hedonism mm-hmm. that I am what I enjoy right um, um there's Hedonism, narcissism, materialism, narcissism, self-importance.
0: Yes, You know, yeah, yeah.
1: it's just like, you know, that, that whole idea, you know, that it's about me and it, it's, that's the chase, you know, and, and those are identities in the world that just rip, rip guys off and it, it expresses itself out in, in different forms, you know, um, whether it's, you know, the commitment of energy and time to career or the commitment of energy and time to fun or the commitment of energy and time to the body and health which I'm all for but it's not a purpose none of these identities and none of these pursuits are a purpose but we mistake them for an identity and a purpose and then we get let down here's the kicker none of us make us none of those pursuits make us mature and so you can always extrapolate back am i pursuing the right thing Based on is it making me grow, mature, and am I getting the character I need in that pursuit to love people better, to love my family better, to make relationships work? And am I growing or am I just kind of stuck? And that's the big complaint among men or about men is that I've got a 45-year-old, 14-year-old. Yep. A yep. 35-year-old, 13-year-old. So I'm successful in all the worldly measures. I got money. I got a house. I got a car. I got toys. I got all of that. But I can't make relationships work. Why? Because I don't have the character to meet the demands of reality.
0: Isn't that scary to think about that? I mean, I interact with multimillionaires, and I'm like, you can't interact in a human relationship, though, even though you can make money. And it's this whole identity thing, right?
1: Yes. So 100%.
0: And you know it's really interesting. I had a God moment in 2017 where I really dealt with this and had to come face to face the fact that I was um, addicted to affirmation and validation from others. Mm-hmm. And uh, once I recognized that and was able to repent, it's been life changing for me and life giving yeah. for me. You yeah. said you said in your book, and I'm going to go to a phrase in your book that I you've camped you've spoke about a little bit, but I want to camp on this. You said of all, this was really powerful, of all the thoughts, of all the thoughts God thinks about us. This is, this is a quote from you. The one he's hoping will work hard to internalize is this. You put a colon right there. In other words, the colon means, guys, open your eyes, read this. All per, You said, all performance has been replaced with permanent acceptance in Christ. How is this performance mindset and drive to be accepted by us dudes and affirmed by others? How is it such a false narrative, and why is it so damaging?
1: Yeah, because you can lose it if you have to yeah. perform for anything. You can either not perform, or the person changes the criteria that you're that you're performing on. So, you know, we know this in uh, in just human human relationships. It's conditional i love you if right so um, that's that's the hardest part is when and and we're wired to to be accepted and to to be loved but when it's performance based rather than no i accept you already that's that's behind us so now let's let's get into the reality of who you are and how do we move forward And how do we benefit one another? How do we – I don't need something from you because anytime a relationship is built on performance, there's a need on the person who's performing to experience and feel that approval and that acceptance. Yeah. Problem. The other people you're performing for or in front of or the group you're performing for, for, guess what? They're self-absorbed too. (laughs) Yep. Yep. (laughs) and so you're going to be disillusioned you're going to go wow i didn't really get from them what i thought i would get well yeah no duh they're they're self-absorbed too and they might like you for a minute but but only because you provided something for them their acceptance of you provided and met a need in them they wanted to be needed by you and they like that you but guess what once you're not useful to them you know they're into they're on to the next thing And so that's where it's just this cyclical chase for approval. You're going to be disappointed. People are self-absorbed. And that's where the performance part just doesn't serve you. Now, if you already have eternal forever acceptance from your maker, proven to you by him sending his only son, Who left all his dignity, all his comfort and all his glory to come be with you in your mess. And to take care of your dirty diaper Mm -hmm. of sin and to clean you up. And he did it not because you deserve it, because he did it unilaterally. Mm -hmm. He didn't do it because you called for it or your goodness called for it. He did it because he loves you without without any condition, because he made you. That's totally different. Now, once I have that, and I know that, which is why in Ephesians 3, Paul says, you know, my one prayer for you is that you would know the height, the depth, Mm -hmm. the width, that you would grasp the love of God and that you would be filled with power in your inner being. Right. What's he praying for? He's praying that a man would be rooted and grounded Mm -hmm. in God's love. Why? Because then he's free from all this performance stuff. Damn. That just ends up in disappointment and destruction and fear and disillusionment and disorientation. You know, the suicide the suicide level among men has never been higher than in, than this time in history. Yep. And a lot of it's because they're disillusioned because they like they, they 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 started climbing that ladder of approval. They they leaned it against the wrong building. Yep. And then yeah, that's good. then then they got let down. And now the devil comes in at that moment and says, You know what? It's fatal. It's final. You're never going to get that approval that you're seeking. So, you know, why don't we just check out, right? And that's the suicide lie. No, it's not final. Satan's a liar and a murderer. He lies to murder. God says, I love you, period. The -hmm. verdict is in, right? The gavel has been slammed. You just need to receive it and accept it and have it travel from your head to your heart. And that's the big battle. That is epic spiritual warfare. Truth moving from a cognitive abstract thing to an internalized spiritual reality that sets
0: you free. Yeah, that is so powerful, man. Um, And, and, you know, you're speaking, you're a guy who's, you're a world-class public speaker, author, leader of men. And you've had to wrestle this down the ground in your own life, right? What What did you do Absolutely. to wrestle this down and to overcome this? Yeah,
1: I, I have to say that it took me, I became a believer and it took me 15 to 20 years to actually, oh, wow. to yeah. get there, to really get there because, you know, our families form people, okay? The family is God's choice to be the first community of acceptance, Okay. Um, and when the family's messed up, the kids get messed up, their perception of themselves. So, um, I, I recognize that very clearly. I had to go through a process of kind of seeing, you know, I'm the last of seven, five oh, wow. boys, two girls. I grew up in a terrorist cell, Jim. It, it was, <laughs> but, but here's the generational impact of men. So my dad's dad died of an alcoholic coma when he was 11. He was five foot eight, very frail looking, had to learn to walk three times because he had pneumonia, and he was bullied. Pearl Harbor came, he joined the Navy. He got stripes, he got power, he got a family. Then he started having kids. And now, with no training, mentoring, or modeling on how to be a dad, he implemented the military model of family management that is, accountability and authority. And if you perform under that accountability and authority, then you get the attaboy right? Uh Because that's how the Uh Navy works. You got to perform for rank. You got to execute. You got to do things. And so in our family, that's how it was wired. Add into the mix a little bit of alcohol, right? Uh Or a lot of alcohol. And now you have all rules and no relationship. All right. So you're performing. So my mom steps in and says, Hey, you know, you're, you can't, you can't, um, you're, you're going to, I got to protect the kids from you. You're, Their nickname for you is Godzilla. Whoa. All right. So I'm in the military model. Uh, My dad's not. He's not spending any time, no time, no talk, no touch. He's not. He's absent. Wow. That's a deficit. All right. So now I'm now I'm a performer. Now I got I got to figure out if I'm worth somebody's time. I got to figure that out. And so you learn these patterns to get what your soul is really searching for, which is Do people want do I do I demand do I am I worth somebody's time? Am I worth somebody's attention? Am I worth somebody's life? Third grade report card, Jim. Kenny's a very bright student, but he has diarrhea of the mouth. Now Uh, that is a loss that is a lawsuit today, but what did it really reflect? (laughs) It reflected this anxious Mm -hmm. child that didn't know he was worth someone's time, someone's attention, and he was trying to talk to people. To see if they would give him feedback, right? So this is the man, the family, generational cycles. But what it produced inside of me was this pattern. And so I became a Christian. But that, did, that pattern of thinking didn't magically go away. I had to internalize and allow God's love to go from my head right down to that very soul inside And let it secure me. And that's a process. And that's why I'm glad you told the guys to read the book slow, because a lot of guys know it cognitively. They know it intellectually and mentally. And a lot of our listeners have been Christians for a long time. Yep. But but if the truth were told, they're still searching for approval in the eyes of others, in the eyes of women, in the eyes of bosses, in the eyes of groups, in the eyes of other men. And it's frustrating. So that was my journey until I had that aha moment where God said, hey, you you can do nothing to lose my love. You're fully defined by it. And I want it to fully define
0: your masculinity and who you are. Well, you know, it's interesting. You are right, Kenny. A lot of our listeners are Christians most of them are under 50 years old and i think they are really they are hamstrung in their faith they can't figure out why their faith isn't so life changing and i mm-hmm. think that this podcast guys if you are listening to me this podcast and this book is going to take you over the hump so hang on there cuz we haven't even got to the grand finale yet, guys. When you figure this out, it's going to be life-changing as it was for Kenny, as it was for me, as it will be for you. Mm, so, Kenny, I thought, yeah. I thought your book, it's funny when you when you know a guy, you've heard a guy speak, you've written, you've read some of his books, you kind of can, I can kind of feel your movement with the book. And so, yeah. you, you. it's really interesting. I really loved your book, Dangerous Good. The Dangerous Good, I really yeah. love that book. But you said something in this book that made me think of that book. So okay. in that book, that's all about. Hey, we are we are we are dangerous. Yeah. We are good yeah. God's good men. And that gives us danger in the kingdom. So, okay. and then you wrote this, and this to me was so profound. This may have been for me personally the most profound statement in your book. So, okay. if I'm going to pull a statement out of your book and put it on a, as a bumper sticker on my my truck, it may be this right here. You said this one of the most dangerous creatures on earth is the unvalidated <laughs> man. man. I'm telling you, Kenny, listen, that's a massive statement because I was, the yeah. my high school year, I was yeah. voted the most likely to be on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Wow. And, and tell you about it. Yeah. That's the part that I really got the award for, was not the Sports Illustrated, but it was the and tell you about it. So I understand, right. I understand personally on a guttural level how dangerous I was and yes. i can be when i revert back so can you yeah. can you can yeah. you unpack that the statement that you would say that the most dangerous creature on earth is the unvalidated man why is that why is he so dangerous to others um
1: well i just came back from new york city went to the 91 9-1, the 911 the twin towers memorial one of the guys that took down Tower 2 is a, na- a man named Muhammad Atta. Hmm. Muhammad Atta grew up in Cairo, Egypt. He had a very high performing family. His sisters were doctors. His dad was a university professor. And Muhammad kind of felt like, okay, I'll go to school. He, he became a career student, he went to Europe. Um, but he felt like he could never measure up hmm. in his own family. He, he wasn't becoming somebody. He always felt less than. He didn't feel validated um, when he was growing up. His sisters called him the bird man because he was really a gentle soul, and he would be concerned for animals and yeah. things like that. And so, you know, that's the way God made him. And so he grows up in this family of high performers. He he doesn't feel like he's measuring up. He's going. He's a perennial student until he meets this imam in mm. Germany who says hey you know what you can become a warrior you can become a hero you can be great in in Allah's eyes you can you can have purpose you can and let me tell you about it mm. and so he he listens to this islamo fascist imam who tells him this is how you're going to be validated. So the bird lover turns into the blade. Wow. And he flies a plane loaded with gasoline and, and aids and abets the killing of 3000 people in one day. Now, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what the level of need is in our listeners. Mm -hmm. Just to be validated and improved. But, you know, this is how God validated his son Mm -hmm. at his baptism. He said, this is my son. Whom I love. And in him, I am well pleased. Now, Jesus hadn't healed one person, preached one message, cleansed one leper, defended one prostitute. Jesus hadn't done anything to merit that. Mm. But secure In that love and that identity, read the rest of Matthew where he goes from there. He doesn't need man's validation. He can break the rules to love people. He's free to serve everybody. Why? Because he's rooted and secure in the love of his father. That is a dangerous man. So if you're unvalidated and seeking it in the world, you're dangerous because you're full of self. It's about you. Yep. But when you're val- when you're validated by God and you're secure in his love, it's about others and you become a blessing, right? versus a curse. Th-
0: that's a key phrase, Kenny. It beca- it transitions from being about you, narcissism, hedonism, right, to yes. about others. And then <clears throat> I'm going to follow that up with uh in your book because because guys are wondering, okay, walk me through this process of transitioning my validation, my need to be validated by others to my acceptance of God's validation. So how do we do that? What does that look like? And in your book, you you give a fruit of that. And the fruit is publicly, I thought this was interesting, publicly, publicly, guys, define your manhood by his acceptance alone. So unpack that. What does that look yeah, like?
1: Yeah, well, yeah, inner inner security as a man is linked to your identity. Okay? And what's an identity? It's a way to be, way mm-hmm. to believe, and way to behave, right? That's an identity. It's a way to be, believe, and behave. Jesus rooted in his identity in the Father, right? That drove his way to be, his way to believe, and his way to behave. And security is linked to identity. So we are sons. Yep. We are sons. We are adopted sons. We are loved by our father. That is our identity in Christ. We're adopted sons, and we we have an inheritance. We have we have um, his total acceptance. We have um, we're a part of his family. We're like a child in a family that's fully accepted with full blessings, full benefits. It's fully defining. So when your identity is rooted in God and his love for, for you, you can answer the greatest existential question ever asked, which is, who am I? Yep. And any man who can answer that question, well, who am I, right? You confidently answer that question, you will not lack inner confidence, period. Do you believe that you're made by God? Do you believe that you're loved by God? Do you believe that you're made for him and that one day you'll go to him? If you do, speak that over yourself and let God speak it over you as he did at Jesus' baptism. Speak it with your own mouth. God's declaration of love over you. Let others speak it over you. You know, that blessing. Let God use his word to speak it over you. This practice is an identity enforcer and reinforcer. We speak it because it's true. And the truest thing about you is what God says is true, not the world. And so to Mm -hmm. this end, you know, when you trust your feelings less and you trust what God says more about you, and that's really the battle, right, is the truest thing about me and my identity and who I am is what God says is true. I made you, and because I made you, I love you. And because I made you and love you, I have an intention for you. And my intention for you is not rooted out of using you, it's, it's rooted in my love for you and that love working itself out in your life at every dimension and in every level of your identity. So I always start with identity because whatever commands your identity commands your energy, and that leads to an expression.
0: Whatever commands your identity commands, commands your, your energy. energy. And I, I think that's why the fruit, that public deck, the fruit – of public declaration. Right. I mean, are you yes. are you pumping yourself up publicly? Are you pumping Jesus up? What is the fruit of your identity? If it's self, the world's going to know. If it's Jesus, the That's world's right. going to know. Boom. Which is interesting because you said in your book, you said, "Guys, listen. You choose your experience with God. So, we, God's love is fully there. He's fully engaged. Right. He fully loves yes. us." But in your book, you said something that was kind of a, you know, a gaslighting or finger in the chest, which is, guys, you choose. Your experience, either all for all, some for some, or none none for none. So oh, that's, that's out of your book. Well, you wrote it, brother. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man, that's good. So it is good. That's I love good. it. All for all, some for some, none for none. Can you explain what that means and why? And this is what I want. This is where I think, guys, my theology is, is so simple for men, and I know yours is very similar. It's, guys, if you want to be, if you want to have your identity shifted and receive the full acceptance. Yeah and validation of god it's going to cost personal radical daily surrender to christ yes all for all some for some all for none all for none. talk to us none about that phrase
1: yeah yeah so you know we live in the if especially if you live in the west um you know you have this accessory mindset right ah. so we have a, we, we have our barista who makes us our coffee we got our mortgage loan guy we got our mechanic guy who takes care of our car. You know, We have all these cons- – it's, it's consumerism, and um, and we, we translate that into kind of the spiritual as well, where instead mm-hmm. of loving God with all our heart, all our soul, all our strength, all our mind, instead of being all in, instead of that totally defining us as Scripture encourages, right? That's sort of when Paul says to Timothy, but you, man of God, fight the good fight, right? He's yeah, calling out his identity He's saying that's who you are, right? So live in response to who you really are. But in the West, we have this, this sort of smorgasbord consumeristic mentality where God's an accessory, right? I I can be a Christian materialist. I can be a Christian hedonist. I can be a Christian narcissist. I can blend world and God mm-hmm. because that's my right, right? I, 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 I can choose. This is a democratic thing. Well, it might be true in culture. It's not true in the Lord. It's not He. He owns you. He did everything to win you, and he didn't. He didn't lay down his life so that he could be a part of your world. That where he's an accessory. He is your world.
0: Yes, that's right.
1: You know, and that's that's where all for all, some for some, none for none comes in. If you want a little of God. Give God a little of yourself and your identity and your expression. If you want some of God really powerfully working in your life, God's love, then give him some more of your life. But if you want all of God's power, all of God's love, give him all of yourself. But there are guys listening right now, there's some for some. Yeah. There's some for some. You know, God's an accessory in your life. And so what do you expect out of that? Supernatural, awesome identity when you're giving half of who you are to him, you're not all in. You're not, you're not all about Christ defining you and the gospel defining you and his love defining. So let God's love define you fully and you will fully experience power, freedom, healing, purpose, and you'll be liberated out of your own head and get into the lives
0: of others. Well, that's, that's the simplicity and the beauty of the gospel We have the choice here to make. Do I want to go all in and get all of God? Or do I want to go halfway in and only be able to receive half of what he has because we're only willing to go halfway? It's so powerful. It's so Okay.
1: So yes. So the reason why I'm interrupting here is because I've got this image I've got this image in my head. And it's Jesus speaking these words to all who would listen. Greater love has no man than this, than to lay down his life for his friend. I'm going to do the one thing that I know to do so that you will do the one thing you know to do, which is to recip- to respond to what I've done all for all. I'm all for all. I'm doing the one thing that will show you that I'm all for all. I'm all for you. I'm going to lay down my life. You know, I study Medal of Honor survivors, Jim. Uh huh. The people whose lives have been saved because another person gave their life. Wow. They all say the same thing. I don't want their sacrifice to be in vain. Yep. You know, that's the attitude we need to have about our Lord and Savior Jesus. I don't want his sacrifice to be in vain. When someone gives their life for you, that's why Jesus said this, by the way. It provides the powerful motivation to give your all back. You match passion for passion and medal of honor survivors. They have a new sense of stewardship and responsibility yep. of their lives because someone gave their life for them. So Jesus says, I'm going to do the one thing that I know that I can do to communicate to you that I'm all in for you. The question is, will there be reciprocity?
0: Well, and the, the funny part is Jesus sacrificed all for us and we can't experience our full identity with Christ until we, according yes. to your book, you said, we find yeah. ourselves coming back to the cross as often as we need to remember. Reflect on and repent of the destructive patterns of sin and self. And then you continued, we participate in his death so yeah. we can experience his life. That's the beauty. That's yeah. the beauty. Jesus fully defined. Yes. Yeah. Well, Jesus right. experienced death so we can experience life. We experience death so we can, there's a, there's a, it's a beautiful paradox there that men, I just want men to understand. We wonder why we limp, limp through life. It's because we're only half in. Yeah,
1: that's right. Well, and we wouldn't, yeah, imagine there's a lot of our listeners that are, that are married guys. Everybody listening, look on your left hand. If there's a ring on your hand, (laughs) just go back to that moment when you're standing before the pastor and, you know, I marry a lot of people and, you know, I, I, I say, Jim, you know, do you do you do you commit yourself to honoring your wife? I do. Do you commit to loving her in sickness and in health? I do. Till death do you part? Well, <laughs> you know, maybe sort of, you know. No, you never say that to someone that you really love. to some that you're ready to give it up for. And the reason why we make vows, right, is because there's forces that are going to try to separate the covenant. Yep. That's why we make vows. We make commitments in advance because of the forces that will work to separate a man and a woman. Yep. Well, in the spiritual life, there are forces at work to separate you from God, from his love. And, you know, when you commit halfway, when you're like, yeah, Jesus, I'm all in for salvation. <laughs> you know, yeah. not, as a, not, as a, not as a way to, not as an identity. For that, yes, but not as an identity. I don't want to fully define myself by your acceptance of me and my identity in your acceptance, which is I'm a son of the king, by the way, commissioned to advance the kingdom. There's nothing weak about it. All yeah. right. So but I, I'm, I'm in for salvation. The rest, eh, you know, well, maybe.
0: That's the, that's the problem when I pray a prayer in middle school and think that's all I need. You know, so- sozo yeah. means. It means more than just salvation. It's everything about your life is now changed. So, so you you said just now, Kenny, you said there are forces at work against a man. Now, I think, and, and in your book, you said one of those forces that pulls us back is fear. But a yes. fully, a fully Huge. a man who is fully free in Christ, the fear is not necessarily a factor in his life anymore you said quote no man tells stories other to other man about how safe he played it and i think that 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 man who risks it all there's yeah. something that's caused you know we just had our 10th anniversary celebration with our ministry and so we had it saturday night and that's so awesome. we started with 15 guys in a coffee shop we uh, are you know we radically stepped out in faith little country town in in oregon and uh House wonder foreclosure. I mean, everything was going south, but there was such a risk there that when the f- it was exhilarating. Oh yeah, God then loved look, it. And then, well, oh, yeah. yeah, oh yeah, he yeah. And then to look back on it and go, wow, we, last year our podcast reached men from one hundred twenty six countries, and to go, that started with guys in a coffee shop. But there was a there was a dying that had to go. Th- I had to go through a dying process because I was a if I was not willing to humiliate myself publicly by mm-hmm. being all in for Jesus right mm-hmm. it wouldn't have worked and I know you've done the same thing uh, I mm-hmm. know you were at a massive massive at the time one of the largest churches in America and you've stepped yeah. out in faith to do what you're doing now yeah. so tell yeah. us about this plain safe fear and risk factor that guys need to process the, the freedom they find when they die to that
1: yeah, well, I think every man listening to us understands that you're, you, you risk in the direction of your strongest hope. Oh, that's good. Every, every man risks – behind all human risk is a hope. Yep. So I hope that this girl will like me, so I risk sending her a text, or I risk making a phone call. I risk putting myself in her I, – I hope for a paycheck, so I, I, I risk making – smiling and dialing. And making phone calls on customers, you know. I uh, my hope is that I um, I'm going to feel better and get get healthy. So I risk putting money into the gym and showing up, and you know. And and so we know that behind every risk is this intelligent and intentional abandon because there's something on the other side of it that we hope is is going to happen well jesus spoke in those terms he knew the tension he said in mark 8 35 he goes hey the person who seeks to save their life is gonna lose it but whoever loses their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will find true life so if you want a a life in god that is full of um energy and adventure and fulfillment and purpose man you you're gonna have to deal with that tension and you're going to have to take a step of faith. What I love about the Bible is that it's so clear. You know, the Bible says that my righteous one, you listener, if you're a believer, my, righteous one, he lives by faith. That's a parable for risk. You commit before knowing that's what faith is. You commit before knowing you can't know before the fact that if I quit my job and the house is going in the, the toilet and I start this podcast, that it's going to go to 126 countries before the fact. Correct. You did it in faith, right? So you commit before knowing, right? But then you complete that that faith with an action. We do it all the time. We don't know the plane's going to land in the city we're, we're doing, but we trust physics that it's <laughs> going to get yeah. there, right? Yep. We start the car. We don't know if there's somebody texting on their phone that's going to drive right into us. We don't know that before the fact. By faith, we get in our car. We go to the doctor, and we he hands us pills, and we – We're in faith, trusting he went to medical school and knows what he's talking about because we're not bioengineers, but we trust it in faith. We commit before knowing. And if you want want a fulfilled, purposeful life in God's love, you're going to have to take a risk rooted in that love that he is going to catch you if you make that risk, and he's going to honor his commitment. The Bible says my righteous one lives by faith, and if he shrinks back. I will not be pleased with him because we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but those who believe and are saved. It's like a dad with a kid next to the pool, right? Dad's got his arms out. He has all the capacity in the world to catch his kid. But the kid has to jump. There are a lot of listeners today. You're that kid on the edge of that pool. And God has all the capacity in the world to catch you if you take a risk for him and jump. And when you do jump, you're going to feel the exhilaration and thrill of making that jump. But you got to jump. And there's just these little places where you're going to have to jump. You're going to have to take a risk. Some of you guys need to go to counseling to fix your marriage. Some of you guys have a, a friend at work that you know he needs the Lord, but you haven't opened your mouth. You know, there's a person that needs serving in your community. You see him every day. You pass him every day. God says, help that person. And you're going to have to risk leaving your comfort to get into their discomfort and leave your dignity and give them yours. Yep. So, you know, you got to take that risk. And let me tell you, once you get a taste of it and once you've seen God honor it, it becomes addicting in a good way. Yeah. Like you're like, okay, let's see what God's going to do here.
0: Well, here's the deal. I have people tell me all the time. I'm on, unf- I will not go and take this leap of faith because I, because what if, what if I said, okay, what's the worst that could happen? You can lose your house. Hey, we were right there. It's not that big of a deal. Once you've taken that step, nothing really is a big deal anymore, right? I'm like, so what if you lose your house? You still have your marriage. You still have your health. But here, so for me, that, that tension between love, God's, God's yeah. love, and fear, love. there's a tension right. there, which is the book, which is, yeah. uh, it's really, yes. guys, I don't know if you can see the progression in this book right now. I mean, I've gone through all, over 200 pages now, and now, guys, I'm at the grand finale. So I don't know if this is the grand finale, but for me, Kenny, this is the grand finale. And you said this, you said, God's love locks us down inside. Mm -hmm. And as a result, we become fiercely comfortable. And here's the key of the book with who we are in his love. And that security frees us up to make some radical and risky choices to change our ways. To me, isn't that the quintessential heart of a man to be that guy? How does this accepting of God's love, this is the grand finale, Kenny. How's this acceptance of God's love? How does it free us to take even more risks to become our best version for his glory?
1: Well, every listener, Jim, has heard the phrase at some point, if if you haven't, I'm sorry, (laughs) but it's, I got this. Yeah. Relax. I got you. Somebody comes and they say to you, I see that you don't have it, but I got it. Mm -hmm. I got this. Relax. I got it. And all of a sudden, your anxiety over what you don't have all of a sudden flips. The script flips, and now you're confident because someone with more capacity, someone with more care, someone who's unlimited, someone who knows more, someone who cares about you is stepping in and saying, I got you. Mm. God's, Got you. Yep. And when you know that God's got you and you're living out of his presence, his promise, his love, his acceptance, you can't lose it ever. That what he says is true, that he's going to fulfill everything he's ever said about you. He's got you. And there's a lot of listeners right now. You needed to hear that. It's a prophetic word for you. God's telling you, hey, listen, I got this. Go ahead. You're free to do it. I got you. I'll catch you. You know, one of the greatest um, lessons I ever had theologically was when I was in Mexico with my daughter. My son and I were jumping off a cliff, and at the time, Jenna was like six, five or six. Ryan's 10. I'm an adult. We're jumping 40 feet into the ocean off a cliff. She comes up, taps my my butt. She says, I want to jump off. And I'm like, yeah, right, you do. No, you don't. And then I said, let's go to the edge. She looks down. She grabs my hand. I said, I'm going to count to three. I did it in that silly dad voice of one. And then she, she flexes her quads. She gets in the ready position, like a wrestler that's about to shoot on, on an opponent. And then I'm like two. And she looks up at me and nods her head. And it's like, oh my gosh. I'm like, all right, Jenna, safety speech. We're jumping on three. We're going to fall. We're going to go under the water. We're going to come up and daddy's got you. Okay. And then I say three, and we jump off, and we go down, 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 hit the water, go about 10, 12 feet below the surface, come back up. She says, that was fun, Dad. Let's do it again, (laughs) right? And so I get her on the stairs. We're going to do it again. I said, what got into you? She said, I was really scared, but I was with my dad. Mm -hmm. And I said to myself, everything's going to be okay. Now, my daughter was not a risk taker. She was risk averse. But somehow she saw me, her father, as being strong, able, loving. I wasn't going to let her get hurt, and because she felt I had her, she took the hugest risk of all. Men, what is your view of God? Yep. Change my life. Change my. Field. I'm like, okay, God is. I know who God is. God's got Earth three three spots from the sun, perfectly tilted, with the right chemical components, so Jim and I can have this podcast. We're breathing, yep. all right? God's the one who speaks and it happens. He creates things out of nothing. God's love, That same God who's powerful loves me, all that. God's got me. Well, when you know that God's got you, you'll risk big.
0: Well, and you know what? You said something, you said it prophetically, and I wrote it down before you were saying it. You said, men, when, when you get this. So guys, listen, there are guys right now driving to work and right now you're getting yes. this and it is going to change your life and so I really appreciate yeah, that hey Kenny God's got you Kenny hey I know it's easy to find your book it's all over the place but how do these guys connect with you and your ministry
1: Yeah just go to everymanministries.com we've got you know I'm 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 uh, following the trailblazer here Jim Ramos and uh, you know I've got I've got a community of people every Thursday about 13,000 strong they join us live weekly for the the men's global live stream and there's lots of resources mm-hmm. Um, there cool yeah place. it's it's really cool just i mean isn't it cool Jim, that we get to to encourage and activate guys from around the world i went to i went to ucla poly pavilion holds 13000 people to think that because of technology we're yep. building communities that big is really cool so just go to everymanministries.com going to be on tour with uh, some of my my worship buddies doing the dangerous good tour I'm going to be in Austin this summer. You'll be hearing more about that. It's going to be cool. One day experience, but yeah, just go to everymanministries.com. That's really cool. There is is going to be cool.
0: I was wondering about the global, the global community you had. I'm glad you explained that for us. That's outstanding. So guys, so thanks Kenny for coming. Hey, Kenny, if you're going to tell these guys one thing to do as an action item to get their boots on the ground, like one thing from your book, what would you tell them?
1: Yeah, I would say God's got you. I mean, it's just coming right out of that last point. You're going to be good. Take risks because God loves you. You can't lose it. He's with you. That's what Jesus said. He said, The one who sent me is with me. He's always with me, for I always do the things that are pleasing in his sight. So if you have to take a risk today, just your salt, your light, you're an aroma. You're made for influence. It's not, Am I a man of influence? It's what kind of influence am I having? And Jesus has given you. An identity of influence. You are salt. Make contact. You are light by contrast. You're an aroma that spreads the fragrance of Christ in the spaces and places assigned to you. Jim and I, we can't go where you go. Mm. Only you can go where you That's go. True. You have a context. So you're there to represent in your identity in Christ. So advance the kingdom today in the spaces and places
0: where God has put you. And I love that. Make the statement God's got me your mantra. Guys, thanks so much, Kenny. Hey, guys, make sure you head on over to menintharena.org. Grab your free copy of my book, Tell Them What Great Fathers Tell Their Sons and Daughters. Click the join our program button to join one of our many virtual teams that happen around the country. Until next time, feel the wet sand on the arena floor. Hear the deafening roar of the crowd. Taste the sweetness of victory. Smell the stench of battle. Get in the game. Get dirty. Grind it out. And...
2: You've been listening to the Men in the Arena podcast. If you hunger to be your best version, then join thousands of men from around the world in our Men in the Arena forum on Facebook this is the best place to have open discussions around the topic of biblical manhood. Make sure to explore our website at meninthearena.org, sign up for the weekly equipping blast, and take advantage of our many free resources designed to help you become your best version of a man. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Men in the Arena podcast. Remember, when a man gets it, everyone wins.